This episode is brought to you by Tabletop Dominion, purveyors of handmade dice and artisan gaming accessories. Why not head over to tabletopdominion.com and use the code BELLOW to enjoy 10% off your order. Who knows, maybe you will find your very own blue dice of power. Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Can the Hilltop do story and roleplay? That's what you shouted us uh, in the street. Well, we think it was you. Well, three episodes in with another two or three to go. I think we've all had our answer. We're always grateful for ratings and reviews that you might leave for us in your podcast app of choice. And we always like to hear from you uh, through the social media channels. You know all the different details or via email. Hello at billowinghilltop.com. Just a single expletive will do. But why not tell us something else? Are you enjoying the show? Are you not enjoying the show? Tell us about your game. What have you got going on at the moment? Something like that. Anyway, we'll read it out. So, you know, why not? That's it. I've got no other news or information. So why don't we push on with episode 161 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. It's back to the party with Sing a Song of Sixpence. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. 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 Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. I'm with the usual crowd. I'm with the uh, wise Graham. Hi. Uh, champing at the bit, waiting for a combat, not going to get one. Johnny easing himself yeah. into his specially adapted high chair. Arachno master uh, Lucas. My favorite player, Dan. And in his tank, all of his diodes flashing away merrily and healthily. The wonderful Paul. Thank you. Should we have a recap? I think we should have a recap. I think I'm going to roll the dice. This should be interesting because I don't think any of you can remember what happened last week or make any sense of it. <laughs> Looking around the table from my left to my right, rolling a D10, delivering said, it's Lucas. Lucas, please tell us about last week's play and the events are therein. Well, we went to the ball. We met Siege. We had a little bit of a an issue because we realized that we didn't bring a gift. And then what's the name of the god who turned up at the uh the games the golden haired the prince what did you call it? the prince of misrule turned up again the uh, twisted prince the yep. twisted prince turned up again yep. and gave me a bag which had nothing in it but which when presented to zeech made him uh very very happy and then That's we right. sort of managed yep. to get out of that one and then purple had a chat with the lady from the thieves guild and then there were a number of plays which were performed by these skeletons, which were a bit weird, and we don't quite know the meaning of them yet, but I'm sure we'll find out. And then we had a competition with Scaly had uh, played against Zeech to shoot down birds which were removed from a cage. And although Scaly won, Parker made an insight check and realized it would probably be good if we somehow conceded the win to Zeech, which... Scaly then proceeded to do. And after that, we've moved into this chamber where Parker stepped up to volunteer to have a fight against Zeech, but by using two rings to obviously control something which you're going to tell us That's about. That's exactly right. There you go. How's that? You did get given a taste of what might have been going on with that strange play, which was that you were watching the actual skeletons of Zeech's victims play out. Oh, I forgot to mention that bit, yeah. Offending Zeech and then the manner of their vengeful deaths. Yeah. And as we left things, you are packed into this circular P 
pit-like theater forward slash fighting pit and packer you failed your you sailed your saving throw you failed (laughs) your saving throw i'm just going to see how bad that is it's always bad okay that's fine i understand how this works parker you're not quite sure where you are Mm -hmm. Uh, you put the (laughs) ring on your finger and suddenly you're not yourself you've got a kind of disjunction disorientation that you're not in your own body and you're finding it difficult to adjust yeah the silken covers of these cages come off the cages fall open all of the sides just collapse down and revealed to you are two cockatrices that are uh, spitting and squawking and pacing around each other parker you're one of them you just can't get used to it suddenly you're looking down at yourself you can still got a sense of where you are and how you're rooted but you're mm-hmm. also inhabiting the body of one of these cockatrices so you can't quite make the transition from one place to the other yeah we'll come back to that in a moment little slidey doors open all around the fighting pit and cats emerge Talibir says welcome to our wonderful entertainment the two combatants chaps you notice that Zeech is looking off into the middle distance all of a sudden. Just not present anymore. The two combatants will now try and turn as many cats as they can into stone ornaments. <laughs> A competitor who creates the most ornaments and then bests their opponent in cockatricical combat shall be declared the winner and receive a most fabulous prize. Let us roll for initiative you're using the cockatrices statistics in all of this you must roll for initiative but you must roll at disadvantage i'm gonna roll for zeech getting a 14 oh got a chance with a 19 here we go no now the way that petrification rules work in fifth edition basically namby pamby nanny state health and safety you're not allowed to use conkers anymore. Kids can't yeah. climb climbing frames without wearing crash helmets and fucking goggles. So when you're petrified, you actually aren't petrified. You fail and you have to make another fail. Well, we're not going to get into this because we'll be here all night if we have to do that. So basically, if a cat fails its saving throw, yeah. it's turned to stone. Yeah, done. Yeah. Little bit of old school. Right, here we go. Zeech's cockers. Sorry, this is going to be, by the way, a bit of a minefield. (laughs) Zeech's cock. Zeech's cock. Zeech's cock. (laughs) (laughs) Zeech's cockatrice is going to attack a cat. Cats have got an armor class 12. This could take quite a long time. We could be here forever. (laughs) You sure you don't want to? Here we go. Here we go. go. Oh, well, he's hit the cat. He's hit the cat. The cat makes it. Constitution save. Hold on, how many hit points is the cat? Failing, failing the saving throw. The cat is turned to stone. So it's each one, Parker, null. How many hit points does the cat have? Doesn't matter. Cat's turned to stone. Okay. Right. We'll worry about that when the cat makes its saving throw. Am I still rolling at disadvantage? Or will I get the chance to make further saving throw? At the end of your turn. So, Ah, not your turn, the cockatrice's turn. You can make your attack at disadvantage. Cats are armor class 12. Off you go. How many cats are there, by the way? It's not actually 
clearly expressed. I'm just going to have a look at... 13, Ooh, that's a hit. The second... 16, yes, that's so right. I make a hit. Rolling for said cat. Ooh, it's a constitution save DC what? 11. 11. Cat uh, makes that save. Yeah. <laughs> the cat is not turned to stone. Roll your damage. 1d4 plus 1. Plus 1. No, okay, uh, the cat's dead. 5 points of damage. Cat's dead. Okay. okay. So you kill the cat, you don't turn it to stone. Right. Right. This is a flaw in the adventure. It doesn't say how many cats there are. Well, I'm going to assume there's a constant stream. You've got to have a finite number of cats so that you can have a winner. Otherwise, oh, I see what you mean, yeah. be here forever. Best of 13 cats. A dozen cats, it says. A dozen cats. A dozen, cats. dozen right, feral 12. cats. Right. right. So okay, so we've got two down. Left. One dead, one stoned. I'm taking a piece of paper. I'm putting a Z at the top of one column. <laughs> putting a P at the top of the other. And on we go. It is... Now I get to make oh, my get saving, to make saving throw. throw. That's as Parker, right? Yes, as Parker. Yeah. yeah. What was it? A co- yeah, but if you fail it again, you're permanently turned into a cockatrice. What? I'm just fucking with you, Lucas. I know. Roll. Constitution. What? You made That's it. That's an 18. Everything's right, so I'm fine. No longer Everything's fine. Disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Zeke's just cockatrice. We've got to push on. We haven't got time to talk yeah, to you, yeah, yeah. Uh, Parker. <laughs> the cat doesn't make its saving throw. The cat fails its saving throw. Zeke has got two statues. Parker, off you go. That's a hit. It's a hit. Uh, cat fails. It's 2-1. Two one. Two one. And we've got eight cats left. Zeech, next round. He misses. Parker. A miss. Misses. Misses. Zeech, the next round. He hits his cat. The cat Fails at saving throw. It's 3-1 to Zeech with seven cats remaining. Parker, it's your turn. That's you hit. just a hit. The cat <laughs> fails at saving throw. It's 3-2 three three with six cats remaining. I'm it's Zeech's sure turn. Not sure about murdering of cats. Misses the cat. Parker? Um, it's a hit. Hits a cat. The cat, oh, this could be crucial, oh. makes it... <laughs> <laughs> it's still 3-2 with five cats remaining. Zeech misses his cat. Parker uh, oh, misses, misses his cat. Zeech misses his cat. Parker hits. 12 is a hit and the cat <laughs> makes it safe. <laughs> makes it. It's still 3-2. it's got minus one constitution or no, something. No, roll the damage. Roll the damage. I don't think you can fail to kill it. You can't fail to yeah. kill it. It's dead. It's dead. It's, it's dead. dead. It's dead. We've got four cats left. It's still 3-2. It's time for Zeech. Zeech hits the cat. Fails. It's 4-2. With three cats remaining, it's down to the wire. Parker, you basically need to do well here. You I missed. Do well, you miss. Zeech rolls a 19 and hits again. And the cat makes his save but dies. It's still 4-2. But with two left, you can just still mathematically do it. It's your round not going to happen. Oh, there you go. You hit. hit. The cat makes <laughs> a saving. Rolls a 20 and therefore dies. <laughs> it's basically much better to fail the save yeah. if you're a cat. <laughs> I can work this out. There we go. Well, especially using the namby pamby modern yeah. rules, but even so. <laughs> There's one cat left. It's still 4-2. Yeah, you can't win. I can't but win. Can get a consul- consolation. Go. Zeech hits the cat and the cat fails its saving throw and that is all over and yeah. Zeech wins. 
5-2. Parker, that was a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I... Whoa, whoa, whoa. On to stage two. Oh, what? You have to fight each other. And now, says Talabir, which cockatrice will and what you prevail mean more? in the combat to the death? It's your round, Parker. It looks like you're going to have to attack Zeech's cockatrice. It's cock o cock. <laughs> it's a giant cock off. <laughs> oh cock. Well, we're waiting. We're waiting. Hey, we're waiting. Hey, All right. Well, I'll have a go. Hitting armor yeah, class yeah. seven. Come on, no, that's not going to be a miss. I presume they're immune to. The, oh, they must be immune to their own. Now. Yes. Doesn't Can say they, they are. True. It doesn't say they are. Okay, so this could be a very short fight. Yeah. Next round, it's Zeech. Zeech attacks you with his cock and <laughs> gets a 19. Uh-oh. Well, you take a D4 plus one, but let's worry about that if you make your save. It's a DC 11 constitution save. You roll a plus one. You need a 10 or more to survive. I will survive. Yes. 20. 20. So you just take the damage yeah. because this could then come into it. Five points of damage. What does the standard cockatrice have in terms of hit points? 27. Oh, God, we're going to be here all night. Okay, you're round. Okay, five, right? Well, you're on 22 hit points. Yeah. This is fun, readers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I didn't write really this. It's really fun. 16 plus 3 oh, is 19. That must be a hit. So he's okay, going to make a so save. Here we go. Needing a, needing a 10. Get feeling yeah. with a three. Zeech is turned to stone. Yeah. Talabir shouts, we have a winner. And I take the ring off. He removes the rings from you both. And Zeech's face is beaded with sweat. He looks unhappy. Insight check. I'm just trying to work out how I can uh, turn this one around. 16 insight check. He looks pretty gracious. You don't get the sense that he's waiting to be mollified. You get the sense that that was fair and square. Yeah. He looks a bit crestfallen that he was ahead, that he won on the cat thing, but then lost at the end. Yeah. What was the point of the cat thing, he may be thinking. Um. You know what we're all thinking. What was the point of the cat thing? Yeah, that's what we're all thinking. Using as much of my charisma as I can manage, I shake his hand in the sense of, Thank you. This you was a Toby. very great fight, you know. It was, it was an honour to play with you. He says, get your nose out of my arse. <laughs> he seems pretty... He, he, it looks like, because it wasn't actually him, yeah. because yes. it was all done at some sort of weird distance, that he's not as personally affected by this. Yeah, But, I mean, I try and play to the crowd in the sense of, you know, it's been an honour to challenge Zeech in a, in a says, combat. Do you want your prize or not, Parker? the prize yes golden egg. you are handed Parker a golden egg worth mm. a thousand gold pieces and you personally gain one more authority point oh, right this is fun <laughs> what a um what a um just trying to think oh, what a Emma what a, a way um, um, um. of presenting this egg to Zeech is there a local? Is there a known orphanage or something that one could basically say? There's the plague house, which you know he is a patron of. Oh yes, that's good. Thank you very much, friend, guide, and storyteller. I announced to Zeech that I'm honoured to receive this egg and that I feel that it would be uh, 
appropriate to donate the egg to one of Zeech's well-known charities, the Plague House. He simpers, and there's a little round of applause and sort of, oh, what a wonderful gesture. And he just gently bows in the way that they're saying, by bowing to you, I cede you no superiority. Yes. And on we go. Talabir leads you back upstairs. Can I basically give the egg to Talabir and... What do you want me to do with this? Give it to he looks the at it. plague house, as I said. You want me to, to take this to well, the right, plague does, house? Does Zeech have any other kind of... <laughs> he looks desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> that is outside does Zeech not have any, um, any other valets? Or... I could give it to a flunky. He wanders off. Yeah. Then he comes back because he's integral to the story. <laughs> he says... <laughs> well, I wasn't assuming that he was going to go off and personally do it right well, now. Why did he give it to him? Well, then? I'm assuming... Like I give Johnny an empty crisp packet and say, Johnny, can you just uh, hold this? Hold this this is a, a banquet. Yeah. There must be tons of valets and people like that. On... I was asking... <laughs> okay. I was it's getting on... late. Just asking. Okay. Just a... Twilight has fallen. Yeah. Obviously, You're led asking. into a long, narrow... <laughs> garden on the north side of the palace overlooking the little strait of water that runs between royal island and the rest of frosting the garden has been lit it is lit with differently colored continual flames cast inside skulls hanging from delicate silver and golden chains there is a <laughs> there is a <laughs> there is a mound of differently colored human skulls arranged at one end of the garden and Talabir leads you up to stand in a semicircle around this mound of skulls. Your fellow guests seem amused, like you are. Well, there's a little bit of a delay. Zeech is taking his time to join the rest of you, and there's a bit of hubbub conversation. Anybody want to talk to anybody? Yeah, I'll talk to somebody. Are you trying to pick anybody out in particular? To well, talk I did to? want to speak to the ranger lady before, but I wasn't allowed. So maybe I'll do it now. The circumstances interrupted well, because yeah, suddenly, okay. just at the point you were talking to her, everything carried on. You can sidle up to her. Yeah, I'll sidle up to her. She says, oh, sort of semi-recognition, like you were about to talk, but you didn't talk. So there's that sort of weird little energy going on between the two of you. Yeah. She says, hi, uh, my name... And now, says Talabia, <laughs> <laughs> my beautiful friends, we come to the final game of the evening. I present my wondrous prince... An unfortunate criminal named Jack. And Talabir produces this skull. It's a human skull that has been painted black. And to the rest of you, uh, I present these delicate treasures. And he, with a kind of expansive gesture of his left hand, he indicates the pile of multicolored skulls. The prince shall throw Jack to the far end of the garden. And the rest of you shall toss a skull of your own. The thrower who comes closest to the jack shall be declared the winner. Zeech takes his black skull he's been handed and he lobs it down near the far end of the garden. It's about 60, 70 feet away from you. Each of you can pick a skull. Each of you can make a ranged attack roll and we will see who comes closest to the jack. Right. Just stepping out from the... You know, whatever. Let's step away from the fiction. The way that this is laid out is that you actually roll a to-hit roll for all of the guests and keep a note of them. (laughs) Well, we're not going to do that. It's going to take fucking hours. Take all the joy out of it, Mike, wouldn't you? (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what, am I going to roll like 30 to hit rolls? Yes. Okay, fine. Well, let us do that. No, Dan, you are no, my no, favorite. No, no, no. No, no. So no. no, I wasn't serious. No. <laughs> no. You can use either your strength or your dexterity bonus, but you don't get to apply your proficiency bonus because it is an improvised weapon. Oh, okay, right. And it says here I can roll just a single dice for everybody, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just roll for okay. the people that we've kind of that we've met. And then we've got some names and faces to put to the rolls. So here we go. You get to make an attack roll, a ranged attack roll. So According to this, you can bonus. use either your strength or your dexterity. Oh, can you? Oh, can you use either with a thrown weapon? Who knows? Graham will know. Graham? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, probably. That's <laughs> close enough for me. If Graham says probably, that's good enough. We might as well start. Who wants to go first? All right, I'll have a go. Right, rolling strength. We're just going to make a note of the highest numbers. 23, strong start. Strong. 23, okay. And then I'll roll one for, for me. A rather glamorous human female who you've not spoken to. She's got a sort of slightly odd quality about her. She steps up, she rolls, she uses a dexterity, and she gets a very poor number. <laughs> I shall say to Zeech after my 23, perhaps I can redeem myself. That was a total of seven. Uh, who's next? I'll go next. Okay, Scalio Tool, what are you using? I am using strength. I'm going to turn and nod bow to Zeech. Mm-hmm. Getting a 17. Yeah, okay. What we really want is some mechanics, like some really involved and worked out mechanics, don't we? Hmm. Where you get the opportunity to try and <laughs> knock other people's skulls out of the way and all of that stuff. But let's not do that. Let's just do what they say. Next to roll is going to be Toril, the gnome that doesn't want to be there, the one with the enormous moustache you met at the Deluxury. He rolls using his strength. Oh, not high enough, though. He gets a 19 in total. He's the next. He's, you know, uh, he's in second okay. place. So I will use dexterity. Yeah, okay, 13. Hmm. Can't see anybody being purple at this point. On to Bikras. <laughs> this is for child's play. Oh, sorry. Oh, damn it. Rolls a 10. Total of 13 using his strength. Uh, who's next? Sessions? Yeah, sessions. I'll use my dexterity. Oh, 16 in total for sessions. Respectable. Next stepping up is going to be the half-elf woman that you never get to speak to. Purple. Right. She's got a decent dexterity. She's got a chance, but she needs a very, very high number. And she gets a Three. rubbish number. <laughs> so even with her amazing dexterity, <laughs> Valras. Is her name? Yes. Did she try and do some uh, kind of final... trim shot that went really badly wrong? She looks disgusted with the entire thing. Buggy. Sorry, can you remind me what we're doing again? What? Yes. Worse than me. Strength or dexterity. Okay. I'm going to use my strength. Uh, Somebody plus. should pick Buggy up and throw him. I tell you, what, I'll pick Buggy up. I'll go and, and give him, him some guidance. Oh, will you? Yes. So that's a plus one, or is it a D4? D4. D4, okay. Cheating, I, I see. I point him in the right direction. And you throw buggy. Yeah, yeah, got it. Cheating. I, I think I've got plus nine. Plus nine strength. Yeah, maybe it's... It's, yeah, just, no, your, it's, it's just your strength. Just your strength. What's your, what strength? What's, well, it's, what's your strength? I've got 18 strength, but under that, there's a... Oh, maybe that's saving throws. Okay, plus four. That's saving throws. <laughs> okay. Johnny's first day, everybody. On we go. <laughs> He's back to school. 42 yeah. years... 42 years. Okay, add 
four to this. Ooh, 20. 20. 20. And a D to roll a D4 because of the guidance. There's a chance. There's a chance on a four. But no. <sighs> 21 for Buggy. Not good enough. And our final guest, our final roll of the skull, goes to Killraven. Killraven is absolutely part of the smart set. He's got very polished armor. He's got a very elegant bearing. But Sessions could determine with an insight check earlier that he didn't feel like he was particularly pleased to be here. But he's going to go with strength. With a 20, he can equal. That's as good as he can do. Here we go. Getting another yes. Okay, so Talabir looks over the field of skulls. I declare the winner to be Bubble Herbish. And everybody applauds. Yeah. And looks a little bit like, what the hell was that for? <laughs> <laughs> As do we. Yeah. <laughs> Tick, another thing done. You are given a prize, Purple, of oh. a necklace with a small silver skull with ruby eyes, worth a total of 2,000. Whoa! 500. Bloody okay, hell. that was worth it. Pieces. Fucking hell. Gross. 500 good party items. Party items. And the <laughs> skeletal attendants pass among you, handing out gingerbread men whose heads have been removed. <laughs> oh, very jolly. Stick it in my bag of holes. All of you get an authority point. <gasps> I'm not quite sure why. Some of these events seem to give only the winner the authority point, but this one says plus one if one of the PCs wins the competition. Reading that in the most beneficial way for you, I'm going to say that that's one for all of you. Nice. So everybody's got five and I've got four. Uh, I've got everybody's seven. Got six now. And I've got five, sorry. As you're standing there. Yeah. Have you? I've I got, got an extra one for the seat. Purple admiring his necklace, Buggy admiring Purple's necklace, and coveting it. Talabir is clearing up the skulls, kind of booting them down the garden, trying to collect them again, like a football coach at a primary school. <laughs> That's our sixth authority point, isn't it? It's beneath me. Yeah, yes. You hear a gong sound from within the main palace, and Talabir looks up from his skull collecting and says ladies and gentlemen a dinner is served and a couple of attendants that were handing out the gingerbread men turn and beckon you forward and lead you towards the palace through a warren of rooms with each room of increasing seniority as you pass through them you go through the final chamber and there's a massive cylindrical central chamber that rises through the heart of the palace, dominated by an enormous round table of polished mahogany. The walls of the chamber are decked with portraits and landscapes of high quality. Most of the portraits look like, you're guessing, previous rulers of Frostanger, although that doesn't really seem like Zeech's style, or maybe they're his previous victims. Landscapes of Frostanger, landscapes of the wilderness... There is one portrait, though, scaly, of Lashona, silver-haired, pale, remarkably beautiful elven woman. And it's placed, quite obviously and prominently, adjacent to Zeech's throne at one cardinal point of the table. Mm -hmm. There's a vast stained glass dome above you that depicts what appears to be angels at play. The perimeter of this dome is decorated by a ring of severed heads mounted on iron spikes. <laughs> That's all about 20 feet above you. Somebody nice. give me a like perception check. He likes a severed head, doesn't he? There's quite a lot of severed head going 15. on. 15. 
As you wander sort 21. of... 22. ...surveying your surroundings, they're not angels in that, depicted in that window. You think they're... No, I don't know how to pronounce this. Irenius, Irenius. Yeah. A kind of devil. Yeah. A rather angelic devil. In fact, very like the... Fallen angels. The eldritch angels that you found in the Spire of Long Shadows. Remember those lovely people? Uh, yes. That would fly through you and oh, yes. steal your... Yeah, them. And they're not at play. They're up to something filthy. It's a sort of pornographic rendering. Mm. Risque. Eh? The other thing that you notice is their heads are no mere mortal decapitates. They have, in fact, been animated. You realise that there's a little <laughs> extra level of chatter above the murmur of guests, and that sound is coming from the heads. They're all going, oh, they're kind of sort of aping the sound of people talking. With you, it's like, oh, really? Did you know? How is he getting on, by the way? And up above you, these heads are going, <laughs> I think this is just Zeech trying to get ahead. Oh. Oh. oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. No, I've got no response to that. No, I think we should I want to, uh, any kind of... I want, to, I want to whisper to Sessions, yeah. suggesting that perhaps an augury might not be a bad idea, wheel or woe, to eat or drink anything at this meal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it prepared. There are name cards at each place. You have all been placed quite near Zeech, but not next to each other. You get the sense from the looks of your fellow guests that this is a, a sort of a, both a privilege and a reason Keep not to be all that relaxed. Mm-hmm. A bit like being asked to sit at the front of the class or sitting next to, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what, I didn't go to one of these public schools, but, you know, we're sitting up at the teacher's end of the table or whatever. Yeah. So in theory, it's, it's a the sort of class for the weak students. Right, it's like it's you like can't relax, you have to be in your best behaviour, you can't chill. The board You're monitor up. for Mrs. Spears' maths class. Okay, that's a, a niche reference, which I don't think is going to travel that well, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, we um, all went to the same school. Yeah, I didn't have Mrs. Spears. Don't give what any more clues. <laughs> yeah. He already, he already knows too much about us. He knows where Johnny lives. Well, he's there now, apparently. <laughs> Just outside yeah, of the door. Wing outside with his keg of beer. As far as I can see, from the thing he's broadcasting on Twitch, um, he's wearing just a clown suit. Exactly, it's a clown kind of suit. I don't know what that is. Is that, a, is that an axe? It's probably to break the keg open, Johnny. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> so how many guests are you talking about around the table? I think we're talking about 40 guests around this giant table, of which we picked out let's say, 10 to 15 identified out to you as being of mildly of interest or people that you recognise. And all the seats are full up, apart from the shawls, or Uncle Buggy strikes again with a smart question. The seat opposite Zeech, as everybody starts to gaggle their way round, working out where they should be, you get to a point where everybody's basically at the right point. They're all sort of standing behind their seats, wondering what to do. Zeech walks in, and as he sits down, everybody else takes their cue, and they all sit down too. Attendants are standing behind your chairs and the hubbub starts up again there is an enormous amount (laughs) of cutlery (laughs) there are ten different spoons right each outside Uh, some of which seem to have some kind of definite function like a rather you know like a pointy spoon a spoon with something slightly cut out of it you know the people that are around you at least the vast majority of them seem completely comfortable with this dazzling array of cutlery you might reveal yourselves as being slightly gauche were you to pick the sprogling spoon the outside up in, the wrong surely. course. 
Is it that simple, will, Parker? I, Let's see. Actually, what I'll do is I, I will hold back when the first course arrives and then just basically watch the people on the left and right yeah. of me and see whether they start in the, in the middle and work outwards or the outside and work in. Yeah. Doesn't matter how well you explain it, you're still going to make a dice roll so it fuck up. That's just the way <laughs> D&D works. <laughs> Twas ever thus. Let's see who you're next to. I'm going to eat with my fingers. <laughs> Minus so 20 or something. my face. Just, yeah, just, just <laughs> put your face in the soup. Just <laughs> inhale it. And then go, that was disgusting. Yeah, spray it all over the person next to me. You get served drinks, the conversation picks up again. Just as you start to get settled and you start to think, well, I wonder when we're going to get the first course, Talabir says, well, ladies and gentlemen, our final guest of this evening, please welcome the amazing... No, he wouldn't say that. <laughs> All the way from... No, he doesn't do that either. <laughs> please welcome... Our Highness. The Lady Lushano. And in drifts this vision of a woman. She nods politely around she has alabaster skin I'm just reading from the thing here long silver hair set back with a tiara of black diamonds she's also wearing a absolute chunk of a black diamond like joss's massive d20 that stupid one yeah <laughs> on a chain around her neck and you feel her kind of pick you out you don't know how she's doing it but she's looking around the room and without taking any effort to particularly single out any particular person you feel like you've been singled out. You feel like you have a little bit of a moment with her. Not that kind of moment, um, Johnny. <laughs> she greets Zeech with a nod, doesn't say anything, and she gracefully takes her seat at the opposite end of the table and immediately picks up a conversation with one of her neighbours. You're in the wrong part of the table to be talking to her. You're in the Zeech end of things. Well, not the end. Zeech quadrant. Zeech stands. Silence. Falls over the table. But for Buggy, who takes that moment to... Burp. <laughs> Let off a large fart. <laughs> Excuse me, My Nanny. dear friends, <laughs> he begins. And as he does, all of the heads above go, friends, in a ghoulish tone. That was a ghoulish tone. I guess you're wondering. <laughs> I bid you enjoy this feast. Eat and drink your fill in my humble <laughs> abode. He claps his hands once, and an instant later, the great doors to the kitchen swing open, and a trio of manticores enter to the ghoulish hurrahs of the heads. So the heads go, hurrah. And I do an insight <laughs> sure. check. Anything to spin out the material, we're Zeech. running out of stuff. Yeah. To ascertain whether thinking anything on the lines of, you know, if he was assuming that somebody was going to get a poisoned meal or something. Yeah, you're trying to detect food-based evil intent and shiftiness. Okay, off we go. Yeah. Otherwise known as a mind-reading check. <laughs> it's a thing. No, no, yeah. it's in the book. Uh, Twelve. It's a thing. Twelve. Very good. You can't tell whether or not he's plotting your imminent yeah. poisoning. He seems to be perfectly kind of at yeah. ease or whatever. In fact, he looks more yeah. at ease. You remember he was looking a little bit like it was a bit of a performance before. It looks like he's a little bit more at ease now. Mm -hmm. and you don't know why. Maybe it's because Lashana has arrived. Uh, you have heard rumours, rumours that you probably forgot, that there's mm. something going on there. No, no. The manticores are not wild manticores. Their wings have literally been clipped and their tail spikes have been removed. Each one carries a great platter on its back and a host of skeletons trail behind them, eager to begin serving food. Each of you is given a small, covered, silver goblet. Now give me some insight checks, people. Mm -hmm. Great. 
Well, I get 13. Feel great. 13. Seven. 13 is enough sessions. You're so good at these things. Yeah. You detect sessions, a flicker of disgust and trepidation flashing on the faces of some of the other guests as these silver goblets are laid before you. Ooh. Not all of them. So, I mean, you have to infer from that what you might, but it's clearly some of them know what these goblets, you know, signify. Anyone near me? Oh, well, let's say that there's a definite chance of that. I'm going to roll a d6. One to three. Yes. Let's just say that you are sitting next to Killraven, the distinguished chap in the polished armour. He tries to mask it, but he's clearly uncomfortable at the arrival of this goblet. I, I mentioned to him that this is a very strange-looking goblet. Very curious. <laughs> you think it's strange now? You should try seeing what's in it. <laughs> what's in it? What do you think's in it? Something nasty. Something uh, wormy. It's a wormy, is it? Oh, dear. If it's anything like the previous ones, yes. Uh, the DMs had to come up with a voice for me rather quickly, so I'm sort of sounding quickly. a bit like I'm not really like I am being described. Anyway, there we go. Talabir stands. He tells you about a proud Frostanger tradition. One of the founders of Frostanger was a desperate pilgrim who washed up on the harbour shore. He had not eaten for many weeks and he fell upon the moors to die. As he did, he saw a worm emerge from the ground and he realised the worm was a gift from the gods and a sign that he should live. So he devoured it. In these lands of the Red Hand... And within the bounds of the city of Frostanger, it has always been the tradition to start a feast with such a celebration of thanks. And I bid you guests that you do the same. And at that moment, a skeletal hand reaches over every shoulder of every guest and with a flourish lifts the lid on the little goblet. And there is a fat, greasy worm. It's glistening flesh, a nasty shade of green. Yeah, like, we're not going to do that, are we? Anybody's got ranks in nature? No. Um, ranks? No. I've got one. No? I've okay, well, so just give me nature. straight... No. Okay, well, so you can no, give no. me a nature check or just so, a straight yeah. intelligence no, check. No. Let me know what you get. 21. Look at that. Oof. Okay. 14. 19 for buggy. Uh, 18. 18. This one. Okay, well, between you, you can reassure each other these are not the worms that you feared right they may passingly resemble but actually they're some kind of nasty looking grub they're not kios worms right in which case down in one nom, 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 nom. you eating it scaly yeah delicious oh i nod in appreciation to zeech and your fellow guests do the same it's an they experiential thing it's not that mm. the taste is revolting, it's that the texture is revolting. The fact that it's still moving isn't great. If we must. So everybody's sort of mm. slightly repulsed, but down they go. And they are actually quite nice to eat. I don't. I'm oh. not going to eat one. Sorry, got bad memories of <laughs> recently of maggots in my food. So you're leaving yours untouched? No, I, I'll sort of pretend. Uh, yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to try and use a sleight of hand check to sort of stuff it down the yeah. inside of your, your robes? Yeah. Okay, give it a shot. Sleight of hand, plus two. Getting Ooh, 16. A respectable 16. Okay, just going to make a roll here. Okay. Well, you don't think anybody noticed you'd do that? Apart from the fact all of us that drank it are now pointing at him. 
<laughs> yeah, you lot are all like Giant ass. ass. Mm, that was yeah. lovely. Lovely worm. Zeech pipes up after that first course. He says, Talavir, why don't you entertain us? We're one of your f- stories. And uh, Talabir has this look that says, <laughs> Stories? <laughs> um, <laughs> of, of course, uh, my prince, I shall entertain the assembled company. And he stands there, kind of clears his throat, and launches into this story about a dryad. <laughs> you get the sense that he's making up as he goes along. Sort of sounds like a traditional folk tale. The dryad whose tree is becomes part of a noble's estate as a forest is cut down and the awful fate that befalls said noble. Zeech seems to love this story. Perhaps because it's got themes of, well, death and torture. Death, revenge, comeuppance. He seems to be very keen on people getting their just desserts, or rather, what he thinks should be their just desserts. So perhaps that's uh, perhaps that's what it is. When the tale is done, Talabir bows and takes a step back from the table, and the prince says, "Would any other guest like to regale us with a story?" Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just sitting there in silence. Well, surely the bard. You, you'd say that. I'll stand up. You stand up, buggy. I can tell the story of the Evenstar champions, of which I am one and my companions also here. Zeech goes, who is saying this? I cannot see anybody. <laughs> Down here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the little creature. Talabir, help him up onto his specially adapted stool. <laughs> and he looks over at one of the skeletons. I'll bring a kid's menu, will you? <laughs> well, I... I mean, I'm not going to recap the whole thing, am I? Well, all you need to do is start the recap, and then, as you know, I'll jump in at the end and then I'll tell the whole story anyway. So, <laughs> I'll just tell him about the champion's belt, the final battle, fighting the Ugastas. Are you including everything that you did, or are you only including the kind of the gladiatorial bits? Just the gladiatorial heroic bit. Okay. Can you make... Do you have, have you got any ranks in performance? No. I think that's a charisma check, then. Yes. And I am going to roll for Talabir... Talabir, who's got a very good charisma number, so we'll see what happens. Oh, but how Talabir only rolls a four. Ooh, so, go for okay. it, Johnny. Getting... Oh, oh, Natural 20. You hold them in the palm <laughs> of your tiny urine-smelling hand. <laughs> they are Knocks spellbound as you... Yeah, you knock it out of the park. <laughs> Talabir, who's like a... In theory, is meant to be a, an MC and a storyteller. Even though he was pulling something out of the thin air in order to tell his story. I mean, I've rolled a four, so there you go. That's how these things work. You crush it. You get an authority point, Buggy, for beating Talabir in the competition of storytelling. Is that just me? Just you. At which point, we have the second course. A single manticore is goaded into the chamber, carrying an enormous pie on a silver dish of great size strapped to its back. Pastry beaks of birds cover the pie, and as you will watch, the crust is open and 24 blackbirds emerge, <laughs> flying around the room in terror. Somebody give me a... Four and twenty. An arcana check. Can we roll an arcana check as they see these blackbirds flying about? Animal handling. 19. They're an illusion sessions is actually pretty obvious uh, right well not to parker isn't not to pie pointless parker <laughs> they're an illusion but as the pie is served out you realize that 
the birds baked into the pie are not. It is bird pie. Four and twenty birds uh, baked in a pie. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Are you eating your pie? This is the time to be making a check for your cutlery usage. People start, their hands are hovering over different spoons and implements. Parker, you're waiting for the moment. Yeah, just going to Everybody just going to try and work out what's going on. Other people seem very sure of themselves. The girl that turned up a little bit after you, the one that seemed a little bit sloshed, the one with antlers, goes, Oh, God, not fucking bird pie again. Cringe. <laughs> Zeech flashes her a sharp look. That's his daughter, is it? Does she look a bit like Lashona? She does bear a passing resemblance to Zeech, buggy, if that's the sort of general drift of your question, but not oh, okay. particularly to Lashona. No, there's no right. obvious resemblance. It's the, the teenage daughter. The pie is served out, and the servants bring in huge tureens of vegetables, plentiful supplies of locally produced spiced white wine called Red Hand Resinwint, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> liberally dashed into your capacious goblets. Right, let's have some. Ooh, what's it going to be? I think it's going to be a wisdom check for using the right cutlery. Because, Parker, mm-hmm. the picture is mixed. Some people are using some implements for the pie. Other people seem to have elected to use something else. Whether or not that's significant, whether or not it's important, <laughs> you don't know. But give me a wisdom check to see if you can kind of use your inbuilt radar of decorum. 13. 13 is fine. You feel you've made the right choice. Okay. You can use your eyes, your uh, glowy eyes, to signal to the others. And you've passed that hurdle of using the right cutlery. The pie has a Authority delicately sugared... No. The pie has a delicately <laughs> sugared and almond crust that tastes surprisingly good. Anybody having the wine? Yes. Can you give me a, <laughs> a DC 10 constitution save, please, Scaly, as you drink the wine? 25. It's incredibly strong, Scaly, but you shake off a serious effect on your judgment and ability. Does everyone talk to their neighbours? Should we talk about who's with who? Yes, definitely. Yes. So we have to make charisma investigation checks, don't we, in this case? It depends upon what you do. We can just talk and see what happens. Sessions, you're next to Toril. I think we established that somebody is sitting next to Killraven. Burple could be next to Killraven. He is the distinguished soldier warrior chap. Buggy, you can be sitting between Recrush and the Jass. Parker, <laughs> you could be sitting yeah. next to Smebadu Upagli. Okay. And Scaly, you're sitting next to the elegant woman that was the first to throw a skull in the skull competition. Okay. Oh, am I only sitting next to one person? You're also sitting next to somebody oh. that we haven't discussed. I'm just giving okay. you each one, you know fleshed right. out person as it were okay Balabar Smenkis of course they're looking particularly awkward after the gift disaster which clearly doesn't know yeah. anybody he definitely picked the wrong fork and people are sort of shunning him <laughs> a little there's the bored woman with the antlers when they're serving this incredibly strong wine that you've just fought off the effects of Scaly she just knocked back the first one and then waves her glass in a sort of idle spiral to encourage them to fill it again Mahudra is still there She's looking very guarded. She's not really talking to people. Ever since her little run-in with Buggy, she's seemed very much keeping within herself. Lucas, you need to kind of establish the ground with um, Spoo Headley. Yes. 
I think we so need to I, kind of get on that one sorted. I find your total inability to grasp <laughs> her name extremely satisfying. <laughs> Pegadoo Spoo Headley. Smebadoo Oopadley. That's the closest we've had. So you can talk to Smebadoo Oopadley. You can chat away with your neighbours. We can tease out what happens with them as we progress through the dinner. I just wanted to sort of get things established. Just as you sort of start to get into conversation with your neighbours, Talibir approaches the table again at Zeech's beckoning. Talibir, perhaps you would like to entertain our guests with a tune. <laughs> Talibir's like, uh, uh, yeah, yes, a song, of course, no problem. <laughs> he waves his belled stick in the air, produces a set of little pipes from within his motley jerkin, blows on them a bit in a rather amateurish way and then just sings a rubbish song that doesn't really <laughs> rhyme I can't sing really I don't know what I'm doing and there's a little smattering of applause at the end Zeech turns to the table now I wonder if anybody else would like to regale us with a song in fact Purple. I believe we have a celebrated bard oh. in our number <laughs> one who has offered me new little lessons <laughs> Give me the precious <laughs> gift of a loot. I it, sense uh, an herpish, herpel, herp, do you do purple herp? Anyway. Purple herpish, my lord. Purple herpish, that's Get right. Me a yes, in. yes, Perhaps you could entertain us with a song. Useful and all of the guests <laughs> turn to purple, and we will find out about purple song, how well it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Can he entertain the guests? Can he outclass Talabir? Where we pick up the rest of the Zeech's Banquet next week. Right. So you're going to compose a song, Dan, on the... The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Prince of Red Hand and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Prince of Red Hand was written by Richard Pett. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.